Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name's David Abel. Today I'm joined by Matt Frad, Hannah Wilbert, and Rob Longo. Welcome one and all. Good to be here, David. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get out their Bibles, we're going to talk to turn to Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. And uh, before we uh, read the gospel, Rob, do you mind giving us a little bit of a Holy Spirit invitation to help us break open the bread of life? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. If we could just uh, dig into the the treasure chest of the the church um, and pray together. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit and they shall be created. And you You shall shall renew renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of thy faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. And we just ask you to to be with us, to hold us in the palm of your hands. We uh, ask you to bless each person that's listening. Help us to be the husbands, fathers, sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, friends that you're calling us to be, to be your heart in the world. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Robin. Matt, do you mind uh, giving us a little bit of gospel love today? Absolutely. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark chapter 5. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him, and he stayed close to the sea. One of the synagogue officials named Jairus came forward. Seeing him, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, saying, My daughter is at the point of death. Please come lay your hands on her that she may get well and live. He went off with him, and a large crowd followed him and pressed upon him. There was a woman afflicted with hemorrhages for twelve years. She had suffered greatly at the hands of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet she was not helped, but only grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. She said, If I but touch his clothes, I shall be cured. Immediately, her flow of blood dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Jesus, aware at once that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and asked, Who has touched my clothes? But his disciples said to Jesus, You see how the crowd is pressing upon you, and yet you ask, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. The woman, realizing what had happened to her, approached in fear and trembling. She fell down before Jesus and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be cured of your affliction. While he was still speaking, people from the synagogue official's house arrived and said, Your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher any longer? Disregarding the message that was reported, 
Jesus said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid, just have faith. He did not allow anyone to accompany him inside except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they arrived at the house of the synagogue official, he caught sight of a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. So he went in and said to them, Why this commotion and weeping? The child is not dead but asleep. And they ridiculed him. Then he put them all out. He took along the child's father and mother and those who were with him and entered the room where the child was. He took the child by the hand and said, Talitha kum, which means, Little girl, I say to you, arise. The girl, a child of twelve, arose immediately and walked around. At that, they were utterly astounded. He gave strict orders that no one should know this and said that she should be given something to eat. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This looks like a suitcase that needs unpacking full of uh, nuggets and treasures that's just unbelievable. What wow. jumped out of you, Dave? Anything? Well, you know, I, I, the first thing that jumped out of me was fell at his feet. I mean, I don't want to ever take God for granted. I don't want to ever feel like I'm entitled to things. God's gift of his mercy, his compassion, his healing is a gift. To me, not an entitlement. So I don't want to take him for granted. I want to have... I want to fall at the feet of the Lord. I want to, I want to plead my earnestly, just as this man did, for all the things in my life, for my children, my spouse, for those in need, those who are battling physical ailments. Man, that to me, that was the example that hit me. You know, I want to. This is this is. I am going to God, and I am asking Him for His intercession. And then, what is the Lord saying to me? Have faith and trust that what is to be for the best for that person will be it will occur but to go and to knock and to ask and to seek so me fell at his feet i want to get on my knees i want to ask god i want to plead earnestly not just make it a matter of fact i truly want it to come from my heart not just my lips and and the woman reached out and, and touched his clothes and it made me think of a time at a high school where we, where we were doing some service and they had a, a freshman ret- retreat and part of the retreat was adoration. And this was the, the, you know, the pinnacle of the retreat. Everything was, was geared to leading, uh, leading us to that moment. And it was a guided adoration. And at one point, Jesus was on the altar and the kids were invited to come up and just kneel in front of Jesus and, and just reach out and touch the, the, the cloth that was hanging down from the altar and uh, and it was powerful. These kids went up and they knelt, and some wept, and and some just, you know, you can tell we're just pouring their hearts out. And it was an encounter, right? That Jesus wants us to reach out and and touch Him. And, uh, and that's why I love our Catholic faith. It's so it's so you know tactile. It's yeah, you know that that you know the sacraments. You, know, you can touch and smell and feel and. And that's what Jesus wants. He didn't want us to, to be left alone. He wanted us to be able to, to touch him, to feel him, and ultimately to, to consume his body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist for us to be changed into him, right? For everything else we eat, it changes into us, right? But when we eat the Eucharist, we, we change into Jesus. You know, we become more Jesus in the world. And, you know, you talk about this woman that 
that had the faith to reach out and touch. But there says something before that. It says, she had heard about Jesus. And I wrote down, how does one hear if another first does not speak? So for me, we need to share our testimonies. We need to share our stories, our life's journey with the Lord so that others can hear of the miraculous healings, of the way God works in our lives, our God moments, our divine appointments. We need to be bold and share them so that others can hear, so that they too can be drawn to Jesus. So had she not heard, she would have never went to Jesus. So God is counting on us to be what? the messengers of his truth, the messengers of his mercy, the messengers of his love. So for me, Rob, when I hit that, that's the next thing I circled was, she had heard about Jesus. We must be the ones, the voice for the Lord to the world. Tell the stories. Tell the stories. You know, in my work with people who struggle with an addiction to pornography I think the, um, the the number one group that are being forgotten, the, the number one victims who are the silent victims in this carnage are the wives. Um, and many wives feel that their pain isn't even worth recognizing. And so you'll hear this when they speak to me or speak to friends of mine who are in similar ministries. They'll say, what can I do about him? And that's a good question. But there ought to come a question prior to that, which is, what can I do about me? Because this woman usually, has been deeply hurt, is in some cases is suffering legitimate trauma, and yet somehow doesn't feel that that trauma is worthy of any great attention. And I think we see that in two different cases in this gospel reading today, that this woman apparently didn't think she was worth the time of Jesus. But she thinks, if I can just come up behind him and touch him, that'll be enough. And Jesus turns to her. I mean, the crowds are pressing in on him. Um, I imagine many of them would have loved to have a one-on-one encounter conversation and she who thought her, her pain and her wounds were not worthy of his attention, he turns to her and has a conversation with her. And uh, we also see that when uh, it says the synagogue's official's house arrived, they said to him, your daughter's died, why trouble the teacher any longer? And so just this idea that he's too busy, he's too important, you know, our pains, those little things in our lives aren't, aren't worthy of his attention and, and his healing. Yeah, that's clearly, we have to clearly try and do our best with God's grace to get rid of that idea because it's a false one. And you know, it was interesting when you said that, the word I, I had, had underlined was the crowds pressed in upon him. So you had people bumping into him, pressing up against him, touching him all around, but they were like, you know, rubbing elbows with Jesus, you know, me and Jesus, but it wasn't of their hearts, it was of their heads. Hey, I'm close to Jesus, I want to know about him. But this woman, who came to Jesus with her heart, he noticed her touch from all the other bumps, all the other knocks, all the other touches, all the other pat on the backs, all the other handshakes, all the other things that were going on. He noticed her touch because it was pure. It was from her heart. It was motivated from the seed of faith and trust that Jesus was the answer. So for me, that that was profound because so many people you know, they know about Jesus, you know, and they, they've heard about him, but they got to take it from their head to their heart. And it's got to be that true. Again, pleading earnestly. Don't take Jesus for granted. Don't take God the Father for granted. You know, live a life with a heart of gratitude 
grateful for the gift of life this day. Open the gift, open the present, the present moment, and live it in love. I mean, I think that's really, there's a real connector there. I I think uh, many of us who are Catholics, maybe in our 40s and and older, um, who have had a reawakening in our faith, uh, can can tend to um, maybe dismiss the rote prayers of our youth because we've 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 encountered that we can pray from the heart and we see what a liberating thing that is, but I think there's such value and and worth in those rote prayers because they teach us who we are before God. That God isn't our buddy, you know. He is the God of all creation who commands us to submit to Him. Uh, he, he does call us friends, but we should never forget that He's not like a mate. He's not like a chap. You know, sort of like in the house, a son should never speak to his earthly father like one of his buddies. You know, there should be this 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 paternal respect and, and reverence and reverence. Yeah. And, and so the same thing, I think, when we look at these beautiful prayers written by St. Bonaventure, St. Thomas Aquinas, Augustine and elsewhere, you know, we can we can use those prayers to, to remind us of who we are and who he is. And, you know, I, I continue on with that thought pattern because I just read down below when Jesus says, who has touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see how the crowd is pressing upon you, and yet you ask, who touched me? You see, when we go to God with that heart, we pierce his heart, and he notices our touch. That, that piercing, he notices, and he, he responds because it's from love that we cry out. It's from love that we plead earnestly. And that's all about a relationship. You know, our brothers and sisters in Christ talk about a, that are, that are separated from us, talk about a personal relationship. But as a Catholic, it's not just personal. It's an ever-deepening, intimate, intimate relationship with the Father, with Jesus the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. That's what our Catholic faith, the rich truth of it, we go into the deep water, not just personal but intimate and an ever deepening intimate. So for me, it's going to take me there, Lord, you know, and, and, and let me please, please have that heart, that transformation in my heart. That, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, Rob. And when, when we read this in the context of, of what just happened, uh, the very first line of the gospel that uh, we're going to hear on Sunday says, when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side. So if we remember the first time they crossed, was when the storm came and the disciples woke Jesus up and said, come on, you know, they, they care that we're going to perish. Now they cross back, so they had to get back in the boat. Right? So when God takes us through something and it's turbulent, it's, there's storms, there's challenges, and then he calls us again to get back in the boat, right? we have to be ready. Right? We have to, to have that faith, that trust, because they crossed again. They, they had just crossed, experienced that storm, Jesus got him through the storm, right? He quieted it. But again, we have to get back in, right? No matter, no matter what happens, good, bad, whatever, in our own mind, it's all for God's good. It's all for the salvation of our soul and others. We need to get back in, continually get back in the boat, cross again, wherever that crossing may be. And as the story continues with the woman, Rob, she approached in fear and trembling. Is that the way I approach God? Or do I take him for granted? So I just say, hey, God, I need this fixed. She approached with fear and trembling and then did what? Fell down. Again, 
down on her knees and told him the whole truth. And then, this is so beautiful, daughter, your faith has saved you. You know, that's our response to the invitation to pure, unconditional love of God. And then he says, go in peace and be cured of your affliction. That affliction, it's a lot of times both spiritual and physical, both. You know, as I read this, I notice again um, how God says to his people, do not be afraid, just have faith. And in the Bible, he constantly mentions, do not be afraid. Um, so just goes to show you, if you just trust God and, you know, have that reverence for him and that personal relationship and trust him, he, you're going to be able to sit back, as they say, and be utterly astounded at what he has in, pl- has mm. in store for you. Um, yesterday, I actually usually mention our stewardship of leadership meetings at the Catholic schools. Um, our topic of discussion was how precious time is and how short our lives are. And you look back and you say, wow, you know, 50 years have gone past. What have I accomplished? And it's just, it's just amazing, you know, what God brings into our life and that we always need to be aware of what we're doing and how we are developing our relationship with God because our time here on earth is very short. And I've heard it said, I know we've all heard it said, but it bears repeating that no one on their deathbed is going to say, I wish I had watched that other season of this on Netflix, you know. <laughs> but we yeah. will say, I, I wish I had spent more time before our Lord. I wish I had spent more time with my family, you know, just being with my kids, loving them, not looking at my screen, looking at them. You know, we see here too, we talk about the three uh, the three omnis of God, that he is omniscient, omnibenevolent, and omnipotent. So omniscient being all-knowing, omnibenevolent being all-loving, and omnipotent being all-powerful. And Christ, who is the human face of God, who is God himself, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, we see each of these uh, present, you know, perhaps dimly, but certainly present, that he's omniscient in, in perceiving uh, this woman, you know. Um, he's, he's, he's omnibenevolent in, in loving, demonstrating the love of God, the love and the mercy of God to someone who, uh, according to you know, the Jewish law, was ritually unclean. And then we see him in his omnipotence in, in healing her and healing the dead girl. Praise God. Praise God. And as we continue on with the message, I love this little part where it says... Uh, why trouble the teacher any lar- longer? Mm. How many times have we heard people tell us, try to discourage us from going to the Lord, from persevering in prayer? And what did Jesus do to that? Disregarding the message that was reported. So for me, wow. don't let the ways of the world stop us from seeking the Lord, from asking, from knocking, from at, you know seeking the Lord's help in all situations. Because you know what? The world wants to pull us away. The enemy wants to say, you know what? Don't bother the Lord anymore. You know what? Don't pray anymore. It's too late. You know what? Don't Stop. Stop. We're called to pray constantly, all the time. I believe every day of our lives, throughout our day, we have the opportunity to pray for others. The person that cuts you off in traffic. You know, someone who's disrespectful to you for to you for that a moment. We're called to be people of prayer, seeking God's intervention. These are opportunities to be blessings to others. So for me, I don't want to be afraid. Fear's faith in the wrong kingdom. 
I want to continue to grow in trusting God in all situations, all circumstances. And as a person who's a big fan of food, I love how the gospel ends. <laughs> that she should be given something to eat. I love it. Right, Hannah? I you, love you're, it. You're, you're all. You can, I can get an amen. Eater. I can get an amen. amen. <laughs> all right, there you go. Um, and it, yes. it's awesome that when you, when you eat with someone or with a group of people, how it just kind of breaks down the walls and, and it just opens up conversation. And you know, even if it's a big group, you know, you're talking as a group sometimes, and then the dynamics change, and then you're talking to the person next to you, or like a little three of a conversation. There's like all kinds of mm. conversations going, and, and we experienced this, you know, recently. You know, with some of us around the table here, that we had ten or eleven people around the table, and it was nonstop conversation, laughter, quiet, uh, little sidebars, but it was just connecting. And I think connecting. There's been strands of thought, you know, throughout the history of Christianity, especially with the Gnostic heresies and some strands of Protestantism, that that would seek to um, deny the goodness of the body, you know, and focus solely on the spirit. And to say something like, you know, we are we, we're ghosts inhabiting a machine, or this isn't me. I'm not this crude matter, as you hear in Star Wars. But of course, as Christians, we know we are a body-soul composite, uh, and we are made of two types of stuff, and both of these stuffs are equally a part of who we are. That that we are our body, uh, and so this idea that you know god god wants us to enjoy sensual pleasures like uh, making love in the in the context of marriage uh, eating drinking all of these things uh, are gifts from god and shouldn't be abused because of course when we abuse them we don't end up enjoying them at all which is the point that they they point to god they point to god beautiful and there's another teaching lesson here that in, when Jesus says he did not allow anyone to accompany him inside except hmm. Peter, James, and John. Well, as we reflect on that, he took three up the mountain, Peter, James, and John. He took three into the garden, Peter, James, and John. That learning lesson, Jesus, I believe, is trying to teach each and every one of us. He doesn't want us to go alone. He wants us to have an inner circle of three confidants that are fully grounded in the Lord. He had 12 disciples, but he only ever took those three into the important parts of his mission, up the mountain, you know, here in this situation and in the garden. The same three, Peter, James, and John. So my counsel out there, be careful who you share things with. Be careful what you tell people. You should have an inner circle of confidants that are fully grounded in Christ, that are your inner circle, as Jesus had an inner circle, and that's who you, excuse me, you know, and it says accompany him inside, I believe, inside your heart, as you share, you know, with those confidants, deep intimacies in that relationship with them is key. Don't tell it to the 12 around you. Don't tell it to the 25, but ask God to bring into your life three people that are fully grounded in Christ. I call them lightning rods that you can hit with something that you know they're fully grounded in Christ and it doesn't go home to the spouse, to the board of elders, to this person, to that person and spreads like a virus. No. So I really believe there's a deep, deep learning lesson. In Jesus' example, he had three in his intimate inner circle. That's a great point and such a great lesson in this culture in which we live with social media, where we say everything, 
you know, unfiltered. Or we'll, we'll watch TV shows, you know, like Ellen or Oprah, and it's it seems like just everything just comes out, gushes out, and we and we we can sometimes praise this as look how honest is being, but really that maybe doesn't maybe what you're saying, David, is it doesn't uh, it doesn't treat ourselves with dignity. You know that that our heart ought to be handled carefully and to just go around saying the deepest part of ourselves and to everybody is to maybe throw our pearls before swine. Um, so thanks for sharing that. Yeah, because when we share with people we shouldn't, it says it right here what happens. And they ridiculed him. We yeah. get mocked. We get ridiculed. We actually set ourselves up for that abuse. And the Lord's, and, and, and I'm speaking this from a learning lesson that hurt me. I shared things outside of that inner circle, and it went to this person, to this person, to this person. I got mocked. I got ridiculed. It got used against me, twisted, used against me. So it's a great learning lesson, you know, because we can hurt ourselves when we share those intimate things, especially on social media or with anybody who's not fully grounded in Christ. What Jesus reminds me here, and as, as we wrap up our time together, is... Uh, is to be open to interruptions, right? Constantly you see Jesus' ministry that he's, he's interrupted. Great point. Everybody's going somewhere, and he's, he's, he's taking his time. He's allowing himself to be interrupted, his plans to be interrupted, or just to be present in the present moment to who is in front of him. And uh, you know, I just pray that, that I'm as open as Jesus is to interruptions in my life, and, uh, you know, and don't miss those, as you call them, David, divine appointments. Right, and that's the key, Rob. It is. It is a divine appointment. Don't let our busy agendas and the things we think we need to get done and have to get done and have to go and have to this, stop it. Ask God for the gift of the eyes to see him at work in your life and a heart to respond to what we see. Ask him for the gift of the ears of the heart to hear his voice and then an obedience to follow his every utterance and then asking for a heart a new heart, the heart of Christ that responds to what we see and what we hear. I'm telling you, it'll change your life. And then once you start seeing it, oh my goodness, it happens in, you know, I got an MRI, went to a neurosurgeon, you know, and, and we had an interaction talking about Jesus. And it was like two young boys getting together, talking about their best friend. And me, I'm going, you know, of course, when he started out, told me my neck looked like a train wreck. I was a little concerned. But he said, you know what, though? Your body has has compensated for all that, and you don't need surgery. And when I got home, I told my wife, she said, hey, David, your prayers were answered. You asked if you'd have physical therapy and not surgery. Your prayers were answered. So guess what? Take your prayers to God. Ask, seek, and knock. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make reflections from the heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us 
at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.